Now we'll tell the story of Robin Hood and the Curtail Friar. Robin Hood is in the Greenwoods, as he usually is, with Little John. And he is watching Little John shoot arrows, and Little John slays this hare with the arrow a million yards away. And Robin says to Little John, you know, I would, walk, I would walk a million miles to find another such as you, Little John. You're so good. And then Will Scarlet says, ah, you know, I know this chap called Fry Tuck, and he is better than all of you. In fact, he's so powerful, he could defeat all of us. And Robin says, really? Is that so? Tell me where he is. And so he, off he goes over mountains and over hills to find this guy and comes across him by this river. And Robin Hood approaches him. He's on his own now, right? The merry men are not with him. And so Robin Hood comes up to him, Friar is unaware, so he's sort of washing himself in the river and he says, Good Friar, good Friar, how are you, old son? Will you please carry me across this river? I can't make it across on my own. And the Friar looks, looks to him, looks back and says, All right, charitous man that he is takes Robin on his shoulders and takes him across the river. Fry Tuck says to Robin, now I, w I want you to carry me across the river now I'm tired from doing what I've done. So Robin Hood takes him on his shoulders and carries him across the river. And then Robin Hood again says, you carry me back across the river. And Fry Tuck says, okay. Puts him on his shoulders, walks into the water to carry him across, gets to about halfway, and suddenly throws Robin Hood off into the water. Robin Hood leaps out of the water, gets his arrow and fires it at Fry Tuck and Friar Tuck suddenly pulls his buckler out and blocks it. And Robin Hood fires more arrows and he blocks them all, blocks every single one. Okay, arrows aren't working, they both draw swords and they fight for six hours and he can't best him, can't best this Friar, it's mono e mono. Robin says, ah, Friar, Friar, allow me a boon to blow my horn, please. And Friar says, okay, you can blow, you can blow your horn as much as you like, Robin Hood. And so he blows it. Suddenly, all, as they always do, the merry men sweep in. Robin's like, you know, got his arms crossed out. Ah, now what? Now what? <laughs> to the friar. And the friar says, ah, well, allow me a boon. Allow me to whistle. Robin Hood says, well, you can whistle as much as you like. <laughs> he whistles on his fingers and suddenly 50 dogs, a dog for every man, his own army of animals of the natural realm. And then they engage in combat and you've got the wolves versus the yeoman and no one's winning on either side and it's not looking great. And Robin Hood says, no, no, all right, parley, parley, stop, stop, stop all this fighting. Call off your dogs, call off your dogs. They pause, and then Robin says, ah, you've, you are mighty, Friar Tuck. Join us, join us and wear the Lincoln green. And Friar, of course, does, and joins the Merry Men, and that's the end of the story. I'll just quickly talk about what's really interesting with the cartel Friar. He wears a short frock, which means he, he's... A, a Franciscan monk, these people were looked down upon compared to a full bishop who wears the full long garb, withdraws from the worldly life, so he's more involved with the morals of it. He lives in nature, closer to nature, to be closer to God and closer to spirituality, not the politics of the day. As a procedure, he begins by testing his charity. Is he willing to take me across the river? Before giving, Christian, right? He's saying, is he willing to give to me before I do something for him? And so the cartel fry shows him that he does that. And then when Robin Hood is going to go across the river the second time, it's like, is he, does he notice? Is he confident enough to notice when someone's being the devil? When someone is taking advantage of his forgiving? And he is. So he passes that competence, right? Throws him in the river. And, and Robin is constantly testing the competence of the people that he challenges. Then it goes to sword combat. There's physical competence. So they're going up the chain to see if they are the Englishmen, but also if they are competent. He does this all the way with the fry, all the way up to their command of each other's geist, is that he has command of the natural geist, the natural order and God, which is above all cultures. 
and Robin shows that he's got power over his culture and his Englishman king spirit. And they meet together and they're equal, for, they're equal forces. Because in Robin Hood and the Monk, which is one of the first ones, he needs to attend mass. He knows they need mass. They need a holy man. They need a man that's connected to this transcendent thing. Robin Hood's power is he has the mind spirit in him, is that he is connected to the patterns of behavior that make up the English bottom-up hero. When people see him display it, they come to his cause and join him. That's what the horn kind of represents. That's his, he has that force in him. He's inspirited with, inspired with, Englishmen, the king spirit, and can control and bring power to him to aid him. Fundamental characteristics of this hero, he represents that geist spirit. He demonstrates he has a power with it. He can command it. People will follow him because it's in them too. That's why he has the 50 men around him. The friar demonstrates the same thing. His dogs, right? That's showing nature, that the natural law, God, outside of man's social world. Robin's power of his culture spirit is within what we do know in the imminent, what's imminent to us, which is even if it's nested in the knowledge and unconscious, it's still part of in the human realm, in the temporal realm. That spirit's real and the, his power and his connection to the Englishman spirit and the king spirit, but it needs this other force, but on its own, it's not enough. If you kill everyone with the king spirit, it's gone. Even though it is can be immortal for as long as we survive, it's not infinite. So when he see Robin recruiting these people, it's a procedure for how to even make friends. You test, you, you don't even realize you're doing it, but you test your each person out to see if they have a social skill or like on a work site or something they you know they might throw rocks at someone's helmet and if they don't get butt hurt they take it in their stride okay this guy's strong enough to join us that's what robin hood does his procedure is the same and they face the barbs right and you should do this of course because if someone tries to get you into something right and they don't test your competency first they're just asking you to join something you wonder what does this person bloody want he doesn't know that I have any skills in anything. What is it for? Is this a scam? But also, when you're recruiting for something, if you just let anyone in, they go, this thing's worth nothing. If you haven't displayed your competency to them, they think your group has no power. It's very important to go through the procedure of that, feeling each other out. What are their skills? What's their value? First, Alfred Noyes is at Sherwood. Sherwood in the twilight, is Robin Hood awake? Grey and ghostly shadows are gliding through the break. Shadows of a dappled dare, dreaming of the morn. Dreaming of a shadowy man that wins a shadowy horn. Robin Hood is here again, all his merry thieves. Hear a ghostly bugle note shivering through the leaves. Calling as he used to call, faint and far away. And showered, and showered about the break of day. Merry, merry England has kissed the lips of June. All the wings of fairyland were here beneath the moon. Like a flight of rose leaves fluttering in a mist, an opal and a ruby, and pearl and amethyst. Merry, merry England is waking as of old, with eyes of blither hazel and hair of brighter gold. For Robin Hood is here again, beneath the bursting spray, and showered and showered about the break of day. Love is in the greenwood, building him a house of wild rose and hawthorn and honeysuckle boughs. Love is in the greenwood, dawn is in the skies, and Marian is waiting with a glory in her eyes. Hark! The dazzled lavrock climbs the golden steep. Marian is waiting, is Robin Hood asleep? Round the fairy grass rings, frolic elf and fay, and showered and showered about the break of day. 
Oberon, Oberon, rake away the gold, rake away the red leaves, roll away the mould, rake away the gold leaves, roll away the red, and wake well scarlet from his leafy forest bed. Friar Tuck and Little John are riding down together, with quarterstaff and drinking can and grey goose feather. The dead are coming back again, the years are rolled away, and showered and showered about the break of day. Softly over Sherwood the south wind blows, all the heart of England is his in every rose. Here's across the greenwood the sunny whispers leap, Sherwood in the red dawn is Robin Hood asleep. Hark the voice of England wakes him as of old, and shattering the silence with a cry of brighter gold. Bugles in the greenwood echo from the steep, Sherwood in the red dawn is Robin Hood asleep. Where the deer are gliding down the shadowy glen, all across the glades of fern he calls his merry men, doublets of the Lincoln green glancing through the may, and showered and showered about the break of day, calls them and they answer, the aisles of oak and ash, rings the follow, the follow, and boughs begin to crash, the ferns begin to flutter and the flowers begin to fly, and through the crimson dawning the robber band goes by. Robin, 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 all his merry thieves, answer as the bugle note shivers through the leaves, calling as he used to call, faint and far away, and showered and showered about the break of day. It's like the dappled shadows, the spirit of it. You can't actually see them, but tribal people could see these spirits in the forest because their ontology was so different to us. Their psychology, their understanding is so different to They literally saw them. The dappled deer are there. If you look hard enough, they're there in the dream, dreaming of the moon. Also, the spirits of England is dreaming for the moon. We're in the cold. We're in the winter, waiting for Robin. We're in the winter now of our discontent because tyranny has arisen calling as he used to call faint and far away it's faint i can just see it i can just feel it because of the cartesian ontology this idea of the subjective and objective being separated and us no longer valuing symbols that really bring the spirit alive which is real it's become in this modern scientism that we can't see this spirit spirit is in the land like i've talked about before have we retained enough of the land that Greenwood? The Greenwood itself is all comes out of our culture because we shaped England. So you go to the forest and is he still here in this place? Where is he? I can just hear it on the leaves. I'm on the wind. I can feel his spirit before dawn. That's where the unconscious comes up. That's where the dream world actually comes up. It's true. If you doubt it, try putting your hand in a dark place and leaving it there and see your fear rise, because you don't know what's in there. When you create the Greenwood and kill all the dangerous species, at night it changes how worried you have to be about night falling, other than vagrants, though, and criminals. And you don't have to worry about animals, do you, when you kill the wolves? The night changes. The night becomes a place from which Robin Hood comes from, because he's needed in the darkness. Are you there, Robin? Can you hear us? And when we say that, we're talking to the spirit of England. All the green woods in England are Sherwood, so you can go to any wood and commune with this spirit. All the wings of fairyland are here beneath the moon. At night, in the unconscious, it's fairyland. I know that kind of sounds weak too, that sort of fairy, fairy. But just think about it like elves. Think about it like Tolkien. It's the inspirited realm, the meta realm, the implicit. The stuff that is running and the undercurrent is always there, has always been there under the propositional. Because there are things you do that in your procedural memory are under your propositions, your patterns of behavior that are affecting your unconscious. Eventually, they will become autonomous. If you don't integrate unconscious 
spirits or unconscious patterns of behavior or structural functional organizations that have uh, drives needs if you integrate them they will autonomously emerge to get what they want that's when you, your own being won't won't um, obey your conscious cognition your conscious uh, ego mind who wants to do some task say a relationship or something if you don't integrate it that force will over overpower you all the stuff you were trying to do with your goal setting that your ego mind has decided will be thrown aside for some romantic fling for instance so merry merry england is waking as of old merry england is waking as of old from the epoch of the dragon it's being awakened by this rising spirit because we need robin it's when tyranny rises this spirit in all of us is blowing a horn in one direction to robin will the cycle come back as of old or is it too late have we let it die and that's what this is fundamentally asking it's saying is robin hood still awake people wake up englanders wake up englishman is robin hood awake is he awake and i ask the same question is is he awaking you Middle-class people, are you willing to defend what is going to die? Is he there? Is the spirit still there? Answer me, speak to me, impel me to act, or will you die? How bad does the tyranny have to get for it to be triggered? And in many ways, they've convinced us it's not tyranny. So a lot of the time, I think that's to blame. It's the death of a thousand cuts, because they're not triggering our English impulsion. But how much more until... Look, it's happening, man. Where's Robin Hood? Look for him in yourself. Let him rise. That's what this is also about, is because that's when Robin Hood does wake, right at the last moment, right at the daybreak point, like Gandalf. Like, Look for my coming on the dawn of the fifth day. Hold the horn, bugs of that. And then Gandalf comes across. We're like, And then, you know, he rides down with Irma. But anyway, that's the point, is that in the dark from the ashes of fire shall woken. The grandest again shall be king. An ancient pattern from the epoch of the dragon to light the epoch of the greenwood. That is this dawn we're talking about. This is an epoch of, of a kind of dragon. It's just that it's hard to see. It's not like Alfred's epoch, but we're not in Merry England, are we? In Sherwood, in Sherwood, about the break of day, right where daybreak is when it happens. People also might want to think about this, is that if you're trying to be a Robin Hood, is to look for where that is. Where is it darkest? Where are the, That's where the needs arise when people are being tyrannized. Or you can be the Robin Hood, because these patterns of action are in us all. People say that, oh, English don't act heroic. No, because they value the patterns of action that are Nelson, that are Robin, which means they have the potential in themselves to be that. Because that's where admiration comes from. And from admiration comes imitation. So you can't generalize by looking at all Englishmen say, oh yeah, they have these traits or whatever. No, they have both the potential to, to be the merry Englishman just enjoying his time in untyrannized, but to be the Nelson and the Robin Hood when tyranny arises. Love is in the greenwood, building him a house. That's the world's good. When the continuity is breached, and the bad happens, the will's good builds Robin's house. The England's good. Love, that's what love is, the will's good, Christian love. Robin is the world's good. He's a pattern of good behaviours. He's a pattern of valued, heroic behaviours. His house is built by the tyranny, the breach of the continuity. It's also telling you it's the potential. His house is built. It's not Robin himself, right? So there's a vacuum for a Robin Hood to emerge. It's an opportunity for a revolutionary hero for a powerful hero to arise out of it opportunity knocks where responsibility is negated right responsibility is a dragon you haven't slain 
right? So a tyranny is the dragon. So when a tyranny happens, scaling up, that's an opportunity. That's a duty, an opportunity that you can go towards. So you look for where the world good is broken. Okay, this is also an opportunity to fill this house and to be Robin Hood, because when you are that, you bl it's like blowing the horn and the merry men of England, everyone comes to support you and back you and to restore the common good, to restore the continuity to England. And that's what this is talking about. And Marion is waiting with glory in her eyes. Women love the, the hero, the hero that breaks the tyrannical rules, right, is a good selector in evolutionary psychology because Robin Hood is a disagreeable rule breaker and that is very attractive. That's why they like the bad boy. Obviously that can be gained by certain people. Put a bunch of tattoos on, ride a motorbike. Oh, you know, and you might not be that type of person, right, if someone's smart enough to do that sort of thing. As Marion is waiting. The highest, the, the chief woman. Hark the dazzled Laverock climbs the golden steep. Hark is listening. The golden race, it's the birds, a lark. Climbing the golden steep, steep as in steeple, steep, up into the sky. But also it's representing the good. Golden steep, golden imprint up there. It's, he's moving, Robin Hood's coming, the good is coming back, the good's returning. Round the fairy grass rings, elf and fairy play. They are round it, their magic will protect you. It's true, because if you're going towards the good, the spirit of the good protects you, because people in the social world that value that behavior will come to your aid, because they see that you're in the green wood with the good. They feel it, right, more than see it. The elves are with you, and the sense of the spirits of England. I know, again, fairy's a weak word, just try to push that away for a second. Manor, the manor of England is with you, and that manor inspirits and inspires other people to come to your aid. Oberon, Oberon, rake away the gold. That's the king of fairies. Magic, manor, rake away autumn, rake away the dead and decay that we're surrounded by right now. The power, the manor, the magic. The king spirit, rake away this stuff and bring English power back. Robin, rake away this thing so we can see it again. So we can help you move towards the highest God. Where are you, spirit of England? Rake away this darkness, this mold, this corruption, this dead trees, this old, so we can find the green wood, rake it away into summer and out of winter. And it's like if you rail against the death and decay and you look within the dark place, rake away the leaves, you find Will Scarlet there. You bring him back from the dead. You find our ancient heroes and they resurrect. They come back to life, which is what we're doing. They're in our spirits. And when people demonstrate the behaviors that are nested in everyone's unconscious, the manner makes it all alive in the people that receive it. Friar Tuck and Little John are riding down together. Because of Robin Hood, because we're, the spirit is coming now. They've got their quarterstaffs, they've got their grey goose feathers. The dead are coming back again. The years are rolled away and they can be rolled away. The spirit's still there. The geist is still, the mind spirit, the culture spirit is still there. The decay is gone. They return. From the ashes of fire shall woken, the grandest again shall be king. Wake the spirits of the dead to rescue England. It's a pattern. It's a cycle. It's a cycle. If you enact it, if you look out, if you listen in the forest, is that him? Is that his whisper? And when you're listening, you're listening to your emotions too. It's like when you're looking at work like this and analyzing work like this, when you feel a twang, like you feel emotional at some point, that's listening for the whisper of it. You're trying to find the spirit of it in yourself. I got that looking at this. 
at certain points, breaking down its meaning. That's a symbol to commune with the thing outside your understanding. You're savoring the symbol, communing with outside of your imminence, and your imminence is everything you know, or it's in your conscious, right? When you do that and look into this work, you allow some of that transcendent in, the, the realm that is not propositional. When it's something that's to do with your culture heroes or something to do with your fundamental values, you'll feel emotional towards it. You'll feel a rising inspiredness towards it, like watching perhaps when you watch these videos near this stuff, you feel that. You should look out for that when you look at work like this. You have to understand it though, savor it. You have to get, when I mean savor, I don't mean like a lolly. I mean you break it like when I analyze this, see it in your mind. Don't just read the proposition, actually imagine it. Try to get the image of what it is in your head what it's trying to explain, because that's what metaphors do. They use experiences that you already have to construct, to see something you haven't seen before, outside of your imminence. That's what the symbol does. It mediates and gives you a piece of the objective world. Softly over Sherwood, the south wind blows, in spirit from the south, from the warmness, using winter and summer for death and life. All the heart of England hears the spirit in every rose. Robins is the king's spirit in every rose, in every Englishman, an Englishwoman. All the heart of England is his. He is in everyone's spirit. And that's Sherwood in the red dawn, is Robin Hood asleep? This tyranny is rising. It's all in us. We feel it. We've got the value for it. Where's bloody Robin Hood? Where are you, Robin? The willed good is going towards Sherwood. Where's the Robin Hood to enact this behavior, to summon it all to one person, to, to embody it, to be its identity and to personify it and so it's the locus of everyone's value and obviously to use the behaviors that represent robin hood where's the man to do it hark the voice of england wakes him as of old finally just when we thought it was all over and gone thank god robin has been woken a robin has come right when the moment was darkness and we just thought this culture's over that's it it's like just when we thought he was lost to us, just when we thought he was lost to us, he woke and he does wake. But you can't just think, you have to look for it. Or be the person that rises and does it. And shattering the silence with a cry of brighter gold. Because the silence is this scientism, that's the materialism, this communist Marxist materialism that's killed the spirit out of everything, but it's all there under it. But it's brighter when it's if it can just overcome it, and it does, when you get behind a great leader, when you get behind a great man who's trying to do a great thing, it overcomes it. It shatters the silence by, with a brighter gold. When it's inspirited enough, it shatters it and can overcome bland, materialistic, nothing matters, nihilism. The spirit's still there, whether you like it or not. It doesn't matter how reasonable you are, if you deny certain drives, there are emergent culture drives, deny them, they will become autonomous and, and usually act on a negative. Bugles in the greenwood echo from the steep. Horns in the greenwood echo from the highest good, right? Because in a greenwood, there is no slope, there's no mountain, but it's the mountain of the value hierarchy it is, right? So <laughs> the horn of the highest good comes from the greenwood. Go towards it and support Robin. The Hornberg blow. Just like in Lord of the Rings. When, uh, the, you know, Gimli. The horn blows, the bugle of Robin Hood. We blow it out to him, though, as well. He needs to be summoned by our voices, by our hearing, by our looking. 
when someone embodies his behaviors, you're inspired to help them and donate to them, whatever it is. Like uh, all these figures that have come up recently that have fought against this anti-Englishness, when that sounds from the height of its, the top of the hierarchy, the top of the steeple, it blows and we feel it. We see it metaphorically in terms of we're drawn towards it to aid it because the hierarchy is in your mind as well, in the unconscious, in the implicit. Therefore, you go towards it to, to support it. Think about the people you might support in the alternate influence network. That's why you help them because they embody this behavior. Is the hierarchy still there? Is what we value and cherish the most still there in the people, in their implicit? Yes, it is, but it slowly fades. That's what this work is about. And all across the, the glades of ferns, he calls his merry man. Okay, so Robin Hood is there. That's why they wear the Lincoln Green. They're actually there, just below the ferns. They rustle as they're coming through. The spirit is arising and the branches are falling. It's from the dream. It comes out of the spirit and makes itself known in man. From Isles of Oak and Ash, the trees of England, a Robin calls the merry men of England us answer and follow and support him the follow follow bows begin to crash that's the wind the wind the spirit's rushing now it's it's crashing through the forest greenwood the greenwood of england coming alive with this power this is suggesting that we help people that are embodying this behavior the robins that are emerging to do their duty because if you don't support him he dies and then there is no common good for merry men, protect the greenwoods as you see them emerging. Help them. Join them yourself. Listen carefully for the signs and prepare. It's suggested we know how to call him, to call out to the greenwood. And that means understanding the narrative order, normative or moral order. And that's what this work is about. The shaman's job is like that, basically. It's calling as he used to call faint and far away. It's not saying he's alive or, oh, it's back. No, it's, it's from the context of where we are. The work is for us to do till we all rebuild Merry England, the spirit of England, the geist of England. We should not leave this thinking that it's back. Robin has said, I'm coming, my brothers, I'm coming. Hearken to me, listen for me. Call and rise when I arrive. Bring me forth. Prepare for my coming, brothers. Prepare for my coming. That's what this is about. Prepare for my coming, else I can't come back to life. Else these great heroes serve us no good. Embrace the culture, support the culture, and dare greatly to believe. Dare greatly to believe that Robin Hood still lives, and his echo is powerful enough to face the tide that comes against us right now as these tyrants rise to hold us down. God bless you, and God save the king, and dare greatly to believe in the reality of our greatest heroes. Remember to comment and share this. It's so important that you share this with other people. Say my name or whatever. Like, tell them this Scott Manion chap is interesting, it's worth checking out. He's got this Green Word show. Whatever. Share it with people. That's the only way this will grow and can continue, really. So please do that. Share it, comment, and like it. And please do sign up to the locals. Sign up there. There's only 14 people that have, so it'd be great if, if you did sign up there. So the content I'm posting on that platform, you can see...